Hello there and welcome to the Happiness Project podcast the podcast which has touched more than 20000 lives and has evolved in more than 65 countries and is available on 10 plus platforms please do subscribe and follow the happiness project so that you never miss a single episode on the show you can also rate and write a review on iTunes Podbean Stitcher or any other platform that you're listening this podcast on because your support will go a long way You are now listening to a thoughtful pill for your mind series with Rena Jain who's a mental health expert a qualified psychologist and a wellness coach Questions are now being accepted on this podcast so once again do not forget to send in your questions related to the topic being discussed doesn't need a thoughtful pill for their mind not a literal pill but you know what i mean so if you don't take the pill the story ends you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe but if you take the pill you stay in a wonderland and i can show you how far the pill can take you it's for you to decide you know how you always turn down the volume on the radio when you need to think clearly about something complicated or confusing the same is true for your life in general the noise you need to cut out to concentrate that is the noise in your head the busy fuddled thoughts screaming over your better judgment turning down the radio refocuses your mind and offers you clarity when you need it the most you don't really think about how or why this makes such a huge difference you just know that it does that is exactly what the significance of this thoughtful pill is about although it's not quite as easy as spinning the radio's volume dial the good news is you can quiet your mind and train it to think more rationally simply by reminding yourself to do so every day so the happiness project is presenting you with some wonderful insights into rethinking mental health Each and every episode of the series will remind you to take a step closer to taking care of yourself. So remember, there is absolutely nothing about your present circumstances that prevents you from making progress. So just take one step at a time. We have rounded up some in-depth insights, meaningful conversations with some renowned guest speakers and chose the best mental health episodes in the series to help you through those low moments we all need the pill especially now now more than ever so keep tuning in every week when the episodes are out because the moment you start listening to every single episode of the series it will be very difficult for you to do otherwise Well, I want to initiate this episode by quoting Brené Brown since I am going to be in conversation with someone who introduced me to her. And the quote says, "Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship so just to elucidate on my relationship with the guest today the two of us met on a platform for podcasters 
and our first conversation changed the entire course of our relationship from north carolina to london the connection just kept getting stronger we came to realize that distance ethnicity culture all of it doesn't matter because at the core of it we are all more similar than we are different growing through the experiences that we are going through and one reason we connected was solely because of our sense of purpose of helping people understand themselves better and the past couple of months have helped me break through my old belief systems and create space for what i never thought could be possible and in this entire journey i am extremely grateful to our guest today anna nicety a self care coach her journey will leave an impact on each one of us forcing us to think differently break through from our old belief systems so that we can create a space to fully experience life by simply being present her experience with chronic pain has transformed her into a journey within in this episode anna taps into some significant life lessons from undoing things that we have learned our entire lives to understanding how physical symptoms are a sign from the subconscious that our body needs attention it needs healing and trusting that we are always okay even though we don't feel like we are with what's happening in our lives in this moment but at the core of it all we are really okay and she also talks about how creating an intention is the real practice so well without taking another moment let us now welcome anna nicety a woman so diverse pluralistic conscious and lastly someone who recognizes herself in all other beings it is such an honor to have anna nicety on the happiness project hi anna how are you i'm good reina thank you so much for having me i'm excited to do this in this i know we've talked so much before but we've never done it in this format so i'm really excited i am so so excited to be doing this with you and finally i think um, i am very very thankful for you to create this space for me to even do this with you so oh right back <laughs> at you i mean you're the one that i feel like is holding this space for this conversation to really exist and and unfold and help other people so thank you so much well it wouldn't have been possible without you so thanks to you again <laughs> <laughs> well you're very welcome <laughs> great so and um i would love for you to take me and my listeners through your journey and how has it been for you i know it all <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but yes that is the million dollar question um and it's so funny cuz whenever anybody asks me that i start to get so overwhelmed and i'm like oh my god i have no idea where to start or what to say and and i recognize that because every single time it's asked of me like so much has changed since the last time that it feels like i have to start all over and um but really what i'm learning is that it is this constant shift that i am a different person every time i have this conversation so that's why um it's not a question that you know gets old or it's like an automatic response and i'm really grateful for that because i think sometimes when you do the these conversations when you do this work it can feel like when um you know when you were in college or university and people would be like what's your major where do you live and it's like you have these like automatic responses um i'm so grateful that it's not like that and so where i am right now is in a very uh intense healing space and it's come from a lifetime of really not knowing who i was and that is what my life has kind of led to in the past year um probably 8 months specifically has just been a tumultuous <laughs> journey of figuring out who i actually am in realizing that my entire life i had been spending being who i thought i was supposed to be 
being the person that I thought would be received, that would be palatable, that would be uh, relatable, uh, and and collecting all of these labels and roles and diagnoses and um, and things that were given to me without my consent, basically. But uh, where I am now and and the work I'm doing is to help heal myself of all of this unhelpful kind of baggage that I have accumulated, but in return realizing that's that's what I'm meant to do for other people too. I'm never meant to help fix or heal or solve anyone's problems. I'm supposed to help them understand that they're the ones that can do that from themselves. And that is the only way I can do it is to do the work first. So uh, long story short, I, um, I am transforming into somebody who is okay with not knowing exactly what comes next and understanding that the things that have happened to me don't define me, but I do need to let go of them before I can move forward. And so that's really the space that I'm in now. And a lot of it's centered around my history with chronic pain and mental illness and um, a lot of other kind of uh, accumulation of, of diagnoses and um, identifications with different things that were not helpful. So I'm shedding them and it is painful, but it's also really empowering and enlightening. And uh, I'm just grateful to be able to have conversations with people like you that are looking to do the same thing. This is incredible. And I have known the story, of course, but um, I still wanted to throw some light on your uh, time when you were going through this entire process of healing. As you mentioned, it's been eight months now. Right. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure it's not easy. It's it's never easy, but um, no, it's not. And the funny thing is, the eight months is really just the enlightened part of it, the part that I've known kind of what to do and why this has happened. And it was preceded by about ten years of un unconscious healing. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I spent about three and a half years in debilitating chronic pain, and I was going from doctor to doctor and specialist and having tests run and uh, you know all of these things and, and kept hearing there's nothing wrong with you and yet I couldn't bathe myself I couldn't cook for myself I could barely walk up my own stairs and to have people say there's nothing wrong with you and yet you know so intensely like that's impossible I'm not making this up you know I'm in so much pain and yet I was so in the dark in that time I was so disconnected from who I was, from my body and what it was trying to tell me, which is what I've realized in the past eight months is that's what was happening. My body wasn't shutting down. I had shut myself down and my body was responding to that. It was essentially saying, you're not gonna do this anymore. You can go no further being blind to what is trying to be so desperately communicated to you. And what I've recognized is that the physical symptoms are often kind of the last ditch resort from our, our unconscious to tell us what's wrong and to, to let us know that there's something that needs attention. And when these things pop up in the form of thoughts or, um, or feelings, we often avoid them or shut them down or say, I don't have time to deal with that or that's not important or that's too scary. And we repress them. And then it turns into physical pain and discomfort and that is the only thing that will get our attention because we are so vain that we associate everything that happens on the surface level with our bodies um, and and that as ourself of saying okay well now i'm broken because my body's broken we're really these messages have been trying to get through for so long it's just it had to get our attention and I recognized that that's what was happening. And so I spent the last eight months really kind of undoing all of that and, and just honing in on, okay, what is my body trying to tell me? What is my brain trying to tell me? And understanding the connection that our mind and body has with each other and how they're not separate. They're very much one and the same, but we're never really taught how to listen and how to understand. Um, and it's a really powerful thing to do, but it's absolutely not easy because I spent, 32 years doing it the other way. So now not only do I have to learn a new way, but I have to undo the way that I did it for so long. 
Absolutely, I think this is one of the most challenging things, and uh, we as humans, we uh, we live in a society where we are taught to be a certain way, think a certain way, and you know, feel a certain way, and uh, to suddenly undo and unlearn those things that we've learned for like ever, um, are not easy. No, they're not. And you know, as I'm sitting here, like my whole body is shaking and shivering, and that used to scare me. And I used to think, oh my gosh, something's wrong, or I need to hold it together until this conversation's over, and then I can go fall apart and figure out what's going on. But through doing this work, I've learned like my body is constantly sending me information. And something that was shared from me from one of my coaches, um, she said that she was taught that when we get really cold, when our body shakes, and it's fear leaving the body. And that makes so much sense to me because what I've learned is that all of this has been an accumulation of fear and doubt, of me not knowing who I was, of not thinking that I could do this, of thinking that I was not going to be okay, of being afraid of what the future was going to hold and if I was going to be prepared for it, and just holding on to that fear. And now it's this work of releasing it. But I've also come to realize, like just this week, because I'm telling you, these things happen so constantly and so linearly, and um, that. I receive information through my body, and it is because I shut my feelings down for so long that my body shut down as well. Because that's how the information is discerned for me. It's almost as if you know there's like a download of information that that is sent, and then I decode it through my body. And when I when I created that disconnect. My body didn't know how to give me these messages, and so now when my body starts shaking, when I start shivering, I'm recognizing, okay, that's just information. It's energy. All I need to do is allow it. There's not anything I'm supposed to do with it right now. I just need to trust that my body is working in the exact way it's supposed to, because we have this central intelligence that's built in that our bodies function exactly as they're supposed to. But it's when we get involved with our brains, thinking we have to be the ones controlling it or know what to do with it or understand it, that we create that block instead of just allowing the process to happen. And so, that trust and that insight has been kind of what's come of this whole process of learning that I didn't actually know how to relate to my body, and so now I have to learn how to do that. And it's not easy, and it's not comfortable. But like we've talked about before, the way I was doing it before was not easy or comfortable either. And at least now I can kind of see this light, this this purpose behind it. Whereas before that that disease, which is you know when you break apart. What disease actually is? It's disease, and it's it's making things more difficult and more challenging than they need to be, creating blocks and obstacles where they don't need to exist. So how can I just allow that ease? Allow these processes that are that are so internalized that have allowed us to exist and evolve for millions of years to just happen. To just be a person and just experience it, and then I'll know what to do with it later because that's exactly how the process works. Wow, I know it's a lot to digest. <laughs> just chew on that for a minute. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, of course, it's important that we we trust that things are happening to us, and you know, this is a process that is so definitely leading to a purpose, but. Um, how easy is it to do that how can we trust not at all <laughs> <laughs> but that's not to discourage anyone from doing it um it's to be realistic about what we're going to encounter when we decide to do this work because that's what it is it is a choice we can choose to remain unconscious because what often happens is when we live in pain and fear it is uncomfortable it is painful but we've done it so we've proven to ourselves that we can do it it's that guarantee you know that saying like yes this sucks but at least i know i can handle it that thing over there that i'm looking at doing that looks so scary and uncertain and unknown i have no idea if i can do that or not and maybe it'll be even more painful than what i'm experiencing now so i'm just going to stay here in this area that like I don't want to be in, but at least I know I can exist in. Which is funny because you know that is the way our brains are conditioned to kind of see the 
uh, guarantee of pain in the future, of this terrible thing that we have to be able to anticipate and prepare ourselves for. And, and yet we don't even consider the possibility that that thing that's around the corner could be amazing, could be relief, could be a miracle, could be connection and light and joy and adventure and, and magic and healing. We don't consider that possibility. Um, and to me, it's risk reward. And so we have said like that risk is too great. Uh, the reward doesn't seem like it's gonna pay off because I, I haven't, I don't have any evidence to show that I'm going to be rewarded for doing that work. But it's not true because you haven't actually done the work. So you can't experience the reward without doing the work. And so that question of how easy it is, I've kind of tried to shift that and realize it's not about e being easy, it's about ease. And there's a big difference. And so mm -hmm. for me, I play with language so much because it's how we relate and communicate to everything, including our internal world. We need, we need language, you know, to, mm -hmm. to be able to understand things. And so instead of easy, I think easeful. And when you break apart the word easeful, and I do this with effort, effortless as well, you know, if you break apart effortless and you switch it, it's not that there's no effort involved, it's less effort. It's that idea of efficiency, of seeing that what is the, you know, the most efficient, expedient way of me doing this. And ease full to me is the same thing. It's full of ease. So it doesn't mean that it's just going to be free flowing and everything is going to come so naturally and you don't have to do any work. But when you're in that space, it's creating more space. And it is recognizing that the more you do it, the more you'll know how to do it. And that is why I put so much intention around the word practice. There is no destination. There is no one place that you're gonna get and say, that's it, I'm done, the work is done. It is a lifelong practice. And that mentality of practice, when you think about it too, in the form of like sports, for instance, I always play with that. Um, I used to be an athlete. And when you're in competition, there's a very different focus and a very different energy than you have when you're in practice, where I would think about like, yes, you're there and you're trying to accomplish a goal. You're trying to better yourself. You're trying to learn and grow, but you're also kind of like playing with your friends a little bit. You're kicking the dirt. You take a break. Like it's not so laser focused that there's this, oh my gosh, there's this thing that I have to do and I have to win and I have to conquer. It's I'm here for the experience. I'm here just because I want to be here. And so that is what the practice is. And recognizing that when it is hard and it is challenging, you're practicing. You're not perfect. You're not conquering. You're not winning. You're practicing. And that's what being a person is. It's just practice every single day because we're different every single day. The challenges that present themselves are different every day. And our motivations, our inspirations, our priorities are different every day. So instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm, I need to get here because that's the end goal. It's how can I be where I already am? And that's that practice of presence. And I know we've talked a lot about presence. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's so, so important to just be where you are and just be mindful about, uh, you know, the entire experience of living. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, we all have that inner voice within us, which is constantly telling us certain things, you know, it's our thoughts or it could be our feelings, it could be our emotions, it could be a lot of things. I very, very strongly feel that these are the voices that kind of determine how we live outside in, in the real world. So how do we kind of train those voices to be nurturing, to be loving towards ourselves? Totally. Well, I think the first thing is recognizing that we do have the power to control that voice. But then the biggest thing is recognizing that we are not that voice. That voice that we tend to identify with, that we think is us, is our ego, is our thoughts. And it's like, I know we were having this conversation earlier that our brain is our own, the only organ that we identify with. Right. That when we don't recognize that that's just the brain's job to create thoughts it's doing what it's supposed to do but it's when we think that 
we are our thoughts, that, that we're the one that created that, that that means that we're a bad person because we had a bad thought. We don't think that way about any other organ. We, I, I know I used the heart uh, with you earlier as an example and saying that when the heart beats, we don't think, oh, I am that heartbeat. I am the blood that's rushing through my veins. I'm supposed to do something with that. I'm, so that means something. What, am, what does that mean? And yet we do that with our thoughts. And like you talked about that voice, there is an inner voice inside of us that has nothing to do with our brain or our thoughts. But in order to get to it, we have to dissociate from the organ, from the thoughts, from the brain. And we have to practice recognizing this thought that just popped up that feels really ugly or feels really painful is not me. It doesn't have to mean anything other than what I want it to. I'm the one that's assigning meaning. So I can choose my thoughts. I can shift my thoughts. But I've been unconscious for so long that again, it's going to be work, it's going to be practice. And so when thoughts start creeping up, the fir very first level is awareness. It's just recognizing my brain is an organ that creates thoughts. Right. When I'm thinking, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. That's one of my favorite affirmations. My body works exactly as it's supposed to. And it doesn't mean that it's working perfectly, that there's nothing wrong. It means that if there is something wrong, my body will alert me. So if my brain is going haywire, if I am stuck in this anxiety spiral of, of negative thinking and of self-limiting beliefs, then that means it's trying to tell me something is wrong and I need to put my focus there and ask myself, okay, how can I get out of this space? How can I separate myself from the story that's happening in my mind? And allow myself to just let the body and the brain do what it's supposed to do and then when i create that separation which takes a while it does it's a very difficult process but it does happen a lot sooner than it took for you to create it to begin with so that's the good news like these these bad un, and limiting and harmful patterns that we've created it doesn't take as long to undo them as it did to create them but it still is gonna take some time. So we are, because we're human, we want instant gratification. We want to know that there's a shortcut, that it's like, okay, it's called spiritual bypassing, when it's like basically you've learned something intellectually about yourself, about your, your existence, your intuition, the way things work, and you say, okay, I've learned that. I don't need to actually do anything with that. I'm gonna move forward. And then your body, your brain, your spirit is gonna be like, no, 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 sweetheart. That's not how this works. <laughs> They show and, up again. <laughs> exactly. And yes, exactly. And that's why it keeps showing up over and over again. And you say, I don't get it. I've already learned this lesson. Why does it keep showing up? And that's why it's showing up because it's saying you haven't actually learned it. You haven't internalized it. You haven't embodied it. You haven't practiced it. So once you start doing that with intention, then eventually those lessons aren't going to show up so much anymore. But when they do, because they probably will, you'll know what to do the next time around. You'll know how to say, okay, I've done this before. It might look a little bit different, it might feel a little bit different, but I understand the core lesson that's trying to be communicated to me right now. So I know that I'm equipped to handle this because I've done it before. But that separation of your thought and the identification with it is where everything has to start. And so the very first step is just labeling. When, when a thought comes up and you really feel yourself kind of spiraling or, or you feel yourself anxious, all you have to say is, these are thoughts. I am not my thoughts. My brain is creating these thoughts because that is what my brain is supposed to do. My brain is working exactly as it's supposed to work. Thank you, brain. I know it sounds really weird to thank your brain for creating something that's really painful and unpleasant, but it's sending that message to yourself that you are actually becoming aware of the processes that are happening in your body. And you're really grateful for the fact that they do what they're supposed to do without you having to think about them. Absolutely. You know, this question, I think I've asked you this earlier, but um, just for our listeners, the, the question that keeps popping up in this entire process, when will all this end? 
when mm. will this end <laughs> yes <laughs> you know? i love that you asked me that and i think it's the probably the number one question that people ask themselves of like i can't take this anymore i need to know when this is going to be over how long do i have to put in what when can i tell my boss that i can come back to work when can i tell my family that i can be present with them when can i be healed when can i go back to my life and it's that is the that is the work of that not knowing of being okay with not knowing of not having a timeline on our life and our healing and that is unfortunately something that we do when we recognize that there is healing to be done when there is work to be done we give ourselves a deadline and we say okay man i am in it right now but i can feel like i think like in a week i'll probably be okay i'll be able to go back to my friends and my family so i'm just going to give myself a week and then a week goes by and all of a sudden we're like okay i'm not coming out of it it's still really dark it's still really scary and and then that's when you start encountering that resistance instead of just allowing it to take as long as it needs to take because it didn't take a week for this to to be happen so you didn't have a timeline on how long it took for you to screw up all your thinking and create this pain for yourself so you can't have a timeline on how long it takes to undo it but it's also the biggest practice of being okay with not knowing because that's what the future is it is a giant question mark it is venturing into the abyss of the unknown of uncertainty uh and trusting that you will survive it that you will be better for it and that you will grow within it but that you don't even know if you have the tools to do it because you don't know what's going to happen and that is that letting go of the control of thinking that you're the one that is dictating this process you're the one that's creating your future of telling yourself where you need to go of what needs to be done next and and having to kind of do things rather than saying no i don't need to do anything I just need to sit here and undo what I've already done. And as if I can keep doing that, if I can keep bringing myself back to this present moment and realizing it doesn't actually matter if I'm equipped for the future because the future isn't happening. What's happening is right now. And I am alive right now. I'm surviving this moment right now. And my work, what I've recognized is my purpose is to help people understand that they are always okay. we are always okay even if we don't feel like we are <laughs> and that's the real practice that's the real challenge is how can i trust that i'm okay even when it feels like it's impossible for me to believe that and that my world is falling apart that i physically feel like i'm going to die that someone around me is going to be seriously injured or harmed if i don't do something and that responsibility and guilt i feel about me not doing enough or not knowing what to do how can i trust and sit in this moment and recognize that even with all of that going on at the core i am still okay and that to me is the thing that will allow us to continue doing whatever we need to do whatever comes up whatever challenge presents itself whatever pain we feel that that central knowledge of i am always okay is the thing that gets me through all of it I've started saying that to myself. I'm okay. I love that. <laughs> so, you know, to be very honest, you and I both know it it takes up a lot a lot of courage to surrender to ourselves to to everything that is happening to us in this very moment to you know be to to not be harsh on ourselves because like we spoke earlier how it's very easy for us to kind of just keep giving keep giving to other people but when it when it comes to ourselves we are always constantly thinking that we are so selfish i would love for you to tap on that uh, yes that's kind of the um the little nugget of my work actually is this kind of misrepresentation of what self care it actually mm-hmm. is and you know there's this there's this cliche kind of saying going around that that self care isn't selfish but what i found is that when we just kind of share these little tidbits these little sayings without actually delving into what they mean mm-hmm. we lose the message and it's not actually as comforting and as healing as we're intending it to be 
And what's really happening is people, you know, are recognizing that we're taking on too much, that we're doing too much, that especially women have this feeling that we have to be, give ourselves to everybody else. We have to take care of everybody else. And then we have to take care of ourselves last. And so, you know, people are saying, flip that on its head, take care of yourself first, make sure your cup is full so you have something to give. But that's being very surface level about what that means and saying like, oh, take some time to watch a movie or go get your hair done or take a walk. And those things are all great and you should do them if they bring you, you know, joy and peace. But what I've really come to understand and, and my favorite thing is questions. I always ask these questions and then I try and answer them or allow the answers to come up organically. Mm -hmm. My favorite one is what if it's not about me? And the way that I have gotten to that is actually by taking care of myself, by doing this inner work, by healing myself, I've recognized that it's not actually about me. It's about me being able to serve and help other people. But the only way I can do that is to do the work first myself. Because something that I learned from one of my teachers was that when we try and teach something that we haven't learned or fully embodied ourselves, we create a rift, a disconnect. And we're not doing anybody any favors by teaching something that we don't fully understand. So we have to take that time to get to know who we are, to understand what has caused us pain and what will relieve us of that pain, connecting with the reason for being here, how we relate to other people, how we relate to the things that that show up in our life and what brings us joy, what brings us healing, what brings us that sense of connection with the world and other people. And through doing that work, it creates a ripple effect. We don't actually have to do anything as long as we are willing to do that out loud. As long as we are willing to heal and let people see that healing that's taking place, Mm -hmm. it internally creates this intention within ourselves of, oh, what if by healing myself, I'm actually doing that thing that I'm so desperate to do, which is help heal other people. Because then, like I've shared with you, you know, I'm just working on healing myself and on connecting to why I'm here, what my purpose is, and calling in whatever is meant to help me fulfill that purpose along the way. And then boom, people like you show up that are saying, I want to have this conversation with you. I want to help share your message and and what the work you've done. And that is how it happens. I didn't do anything other than be brave enough to do the work myself. Trust that it's not easy, but it is on purpose. And as long as I keep doing these things that feel purposeful, they keep leading me to my purpose, to what is intentionally unfolding and and helping to heal other people because then they feel like they can do it too, that they now have the support and the guidance to do the work that they didn't feel like they could do on their own. And I was only able to do that because I received that support and guidance from other people who had done this work before me. It's a cycle and it is unbelievably empowering when you welcome that in and then recognize that by sharing it you're already doing the thing that you were sent here to do that is amazing and many of us out there right now are actually looking for a purpose they don't know what their purpose is but uh, i believe it's about finding purpose in what we do every day rather than going outside and looking out for a purpose. What do you have to say about that? Absolutely. It's intention. It's that presence, again, on being fully present with who you are and what's happening, what's presented to you right now in this moment, because that is the lesson, that is the mission that you're supposed to complete, what's in front of you right now, not what's coming, not what's happened. And again, when we really kind of delve into language and we start kind of dissecting these words that we use that we just kind of throw around think about purpose how we use it and one of my favorite teachers is jay shetty and his podcast is called on purpose Purpose. and what does on purpose mean it's intention it's doing something with intention you're doing it on purpose and so when you can keep that 
kind of mindset as when I'm doing something, I'm doing it on purpose. The things that are happening to me that are showing up in my life are on purpose. And that is showing me in return what my purpose is. So to me, it goes back to intention. It goes back to whatever you're doing, do it fully. Do it with presence, do it with heart, do it with the intention to do nothing else than experience that, that moment fully, to notice your breath, to notice the sensations, to notice the effect that it's having on other people. And, you know, I always use the kind of the example of doing dishes because that's something that everybody does. And, and it's something that while you're doing it, you're thinking about how you hate doing the dishes or how you don't have time to do the dishes or why am I doing this? Cause I'm just gonna have to do it again tomorrow. And, and I, I hate doing housework and there's so much else I need to do. And instead, can you do the dishes on purpose? Can you sit there and allow yourself to feel the temperature of the water and recognize that it's a miracle that you have this water. Some people don't even have water to drink. And here you are just throwing it down the drain to wash these dishes that you ate food off of that other people don't even have food to eat. And instead of it being a conversation of, of guilt and me being wasteful and, oh, it's not fair, it's, it's gratefulness, it's gratitude. Thank you for this experience and for the ability that I have these arms and these hands that work to wash these dishes and the ability to smell this soap that, that I chose, that I had the, the disposable income to pay for, you know, it's, and it's not an easy practice either. Gratitude is a very difficult practice to embody, but again, practice is that word. So when you do things, if you can allow yourself to trust that I am in this moment fully because I'm supposed to experience this moment fully, if I can do what I'm doing right now on purpose, it will eventually lead me to my purpose. And that has been kind of that, again, going back to that trust. I don't need to know why I'm doing this or why I'm supposed to do this. I just have to trust that it's on purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. I think for me, gratitude, that has been a number one ingredient in the past couple of months that has helped me value so many things in my life. And I think we as humans, we are so caught up in all of these tiny uh, things that keep on happening on a daily basis. And in, in that entire process, we don't realize there's so much more to be grateful about because of course you know since covid happened um i i really hope we recognize the uh, that our breath our our life is so much more important than anything else right now yeah and and also i think a lot of people are use that as an ex as a reason to beat themselves up that they don't feel grateful. They know they should be grateful. They know they have all these things and yet they don't feel grateful. So that must mean I'm a bad person. But again, that's going back to identifying with those thoughts. And instead you can start recognizing it. No, it doesn't mean you're a bad person because you're not grateful. You just have never practiced being grateful. Yeah. So now you, that's the intention. And these things to be grateful for, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad at being grateful. That's the, that again is this, you know, kind of distraction from the actual practice. Instead, if we just allow ourselves to, to say, I am grateful, it starts there. Even if you can't think of a single thing to be grateful for, even if you don't believe it when you say it, our brain works in the way that it will believe anything we tell it. That's why it gets stuck on these anxiety spirals and this really negative thinking is because we've told it these negative things for so long that it's believed it. So we got to switch the track. And the way to do that is fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> oh <So> yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're not grateful. Tell your brain you're grateful. Even if you feel like a fraud, a liar, a like I'm never going to be able to embody this, just start by saying I am grateful. And even if you can only think of one thing and you use that same thing every day for a month, for a year, whatever, being grateful for that one thing will then allow you to be grateful for another thing, which will then allow you to see, oh my gosh, I am actually grateful for these things that I thought were bad, were painful. I mean, I have gotten to the point where I am 
extremely grateful for my pain, for my trauma, for my body falling apart, for the fact that I felt like a burden, that I felt like I was a failure, that I felt responsible for the pain in my life. I'm now grateful for it because it showed me where I needed to place my focus, where the work and the healing needed to be done. And I recognized it could never have happened any other way because I was so unconscious. I was so focused on how terrible my life was and how how much more difficult it was for me than everywhere else that it was really impossible for me to even see where I needed to start. And that is what that gratitude practice will do. So instead of thinking, oh, I need to start a gratitude practice. I need to journal. I need to be more grateful. Like I've talked about with you, how do you be more present? Use present tense language. So instead of saying, oh, I haven't been grateful, that's past. Or I need to be grateful, (laughs) that's future. I am grateful. I know. Yeah, you know, these are the things, right? All of this is so, so simple. You know, if you go to look at it from a layman's perspective, this is what it is. You know, I am grateful, but you know, we as humans, like we literally have a tendency to make everything so complex. Oh, we love the drama. We thrive on it. It is, I mean, that was my mantra growing up. I hate drama. I hate drama. (laughs) And it's like, no, you don't. You're a person like that. You love the story. You love it being involved and connected to something but you can shift that connection and recognize that it doesn't have to be complicated and i think one of the you know one of the things that really hit home for me was when i really understood the meaning of the saying simplify to amplify and what Mm. that meant to me was when you can laser focus on what the actual crux is what the core of the problem and the the solution is you're going to amplify what you need to do in order to get it it's going to become much clearer that voice that intuition is going to become much louder but first you have to get rid of all the clutter you have to get rid of the distractions you have to undo what you have built up to be able to get to that core and that simplification is like we find these things that are like it can't possibly be that easy like i did this gratitude practice and I manifested these amazing things in my life. But then I told myself, there's no way it could be that easy. And then I couldn't believe that it was. And so all of a sudden I manifested more challenges and problems. And I undid the work that I just did because I was like, no way could it be this easy. I, I have to figure out what the real thing is. And then you create more drama. Instead, that becomes the practice again. Could I believe that it is, it is that simple? And if I don't believe it yet, that's okay but could I see myself believing it in the future? Could I possibly believe in a future in which I am a person that believes it's as simple as being grateful? And once I get to that, I'm like, yeah, maybe I could believe that. Cool, that's the first step. Maybe I could believe that. And then eventually it leads to, yeah, I could definitely believe that. I'm not there yet, but I could believe it's that simple. And then one day you're like, you know what? I do believe it's that simple. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it's that simple. <laughs> and it's that those yeah. layers and that work and that practice and realizing it's not jumping from where you are now to where you're supposed to be. It's undoing everything you've done. Absolutely. I think that keeps on happening with me as well, you know, when I am probably fearful about something and and I don't have a choice and I simply have to show up. And I do. And once I accomplish that that bit and I realized okay this is so simple you know I know <laughs> you're like what was I making such a big deal about and um to me my therapist recommended a few months ago that I watch the Matrix movies I had never watched them before and uh my husband was so excited because he loves them he's been asking me to watch them for years and I was like fine I'll watch them and the thing that that hit home for me more than anything, and uh, minor spoiler alert here, it's actually in the second <laughs> Matrix movie, um, where the Oracle shares with Neo, you've already made your choice. Now you just need to know why. And it made me realize that, and it's something that Tony Robbins shares too. He's a, he's a incredible teacher of mine. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to him. It's that, you know, the decision is made in an instant. 
it's all of that drama and anxiety that we build up to it and we convince ourselves that we have to all of these things we have to foresee everything that's going to happen for making this decision and then we have to prepare ourselves for it and we have to play out all these different scenarios when in reality that decision has already been made and once you recognize that it takes so much of that pressure off of realizing I'm not the one actually doing this work. I'm not making these decisions. I just need to be present enough that I know what to do in the moment when I've made that choice, when I've acted on it. And that everything else is just it's superfluous. It's it's a distraction. It's you know, it's not important, but it's that thing I'm holding on to because the decision feels like too much responsibility. Oh, yeah. No way can I be responsible for that much power in my own life. <laughs> and yet when you can reframe it and realize like, oh my gosh, what if I have that much power over my own life? That would actually be really helpful. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what you're working towards. But it's not the decision that is actually paralyzing you. It's everything that you're allowing to lead up to that decision absolutely i i know of a lot of people who who kind of associate spirituality with a lot of things uh, you know it could be religion it could be faith a couple of uh, things that you and i know about C- can you explain what exactly spirituality is what is the process like and more importantly when 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 do you feel called upon to do or to get into that path that's i love that you asked that question and i think um what's really important for me to kind of convey right now is that my spiritual practice my connection to spirituality is infantile <laughs> it is so new um i spent majority well my entire adult life but most of my adolescence disconnected from any sort of faith or spirituality i was raised very in a very religious household and i really connected to a lot of those religious beliefs the stories the messages underneath but it got to the point when i started asking questions of these things that didn't start to make sense and realizing that there was a disconnect here between what i'm being taught and then what's actually being done and when i brought that to the light i was reprimanded i was told that i was a bad catholic that you know you just believe what what's being told of you you don't ask questions that's when i really started to lose my faith and so it has been just in the past couple years that i've really started to connect back to that spiritual place that that understanding that i'm part of a, something bigger and spirituality in itself is not one thing and it is not identification with mm. anything and i think that is where the message has been lost in translation is that yeah. somebody connects to something and they say oh we're on to something here we got to tell everybody about this you know like this changed my life people need to know but what is not really paid attention to is that every single person is unique so what works for you is not going to necessarily work for someone else but it goes back to that idea of just doing your practice and your work and allowing people to be a part of that to create that community connect with people and allow them to take what feels right to them and leave the rest there is no pressure for you to embody these things that i'm saying as truth to believe what i'm telling you but if something hits you in your gut if you hear something and you connect to it that's spirituality that's that inner knowing of saying i don't know why i know this to be true but it hit me like a lightning bolt and i just know it is So I'm going to use that now in this practice. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to explore it and yet realizing that our beliefs change too as we do. So even if I did connect to this thing that I believe it wholeheartedly in right now that is that has rescued me and pulled me from this darkness, it may shift. I may not believe that in the future and that's okay because spirituality is not identification. It is connection to something greater than yourself. that to me is 
the entire definition of what my spirituality is. It's understanding that I am not the one doing any of this. I'm not dictating it. These words even that I'm speaking are flowing through me because I'm so present with you right now that I'm not worried about what people are gonna think of me, that I'm not worried about my brain being the one to create these and, oh, I'm the genius that created this or I'm the idiot that doesn't know what to do, but recognizing that I'm simply a channel for these messages that have been sent. I mean, thousands of years, these messages, these truths have been written down and shared, but it's like a giant game of telephone, right? And, and you share it with somebody and by the time it gets to the end of the circle, we're laughing at how different the message is than where it started. And that's what's happened with these scriptures and, and the, you know, the religions and the preaching of saying this is the one way to do something is that we're not leaving that space for the personal translation and for understanding and recognizing that everything shifts and evolves and we need to do it with it. But for me, as long as I know that I, there is something greater than myself and it can keep connecting to it and coming back to it, that is the only trust that I will ever need to be able to handle whatever presented to me because these gifts that I have, this knowledge, this intuition, this ability to share my message and to know things, was it's not me. But it's also not up to me to decide do I deserve it? What do I need to do with it? Okay, now I need to know exactly what to say or what platform to share this on. I just need to simply trust that the same source, the same power that gifted me with this knowledge will also gift me with the knowledge of what to do with it. As long as I just get out of my own way. I know. I think this is exactly what we all needed to hear right now. And I do recognize how there are times when we are the ones coming in our own way, mm. you know, from yeah. achieving so much more in our lives. I think that it's all about the realization that, yeah, it's time we let go, let go of those beliefs that have been holding us since forever. And yeah, yeah, and it's it can be really painful. It's a very, very disheartening and painful realization when you recognize that you were the one that created your own pain and nobody yeah. wants yeah. to yeah. because the thing that was so important to recognize is that it was unconscious that that you like because i remember when i was searching for a diagnosis and people would you know hypothesize like are you sure there's no trauma are you sure that you aren't just kind of making this up and i got furious like how dare you even joke about the fact that I would possibly want to feel this pain, that I would create this, that I would have chosen this. But the realization is that it was all unconscious. Yeah. And now the power comes in recognizing that I am now aware and now I now get to create something different. I get to choose new thoughts. If I had the power to create that much pain, imagine what power I have to create pleasure if that's what I actually want. So I created the thing I didn't want and I did it really, really well. So imagine how well I could create the thing that I actually did want. And that to me has been the practice of learning how to shift our focus from what we don't want. We're so laser focused on all of these things in our life that are showing up that we don't want, that we forget that the thing we focus on is the thing we create. So if we're focused on our pain, if we're focused on our, our dis, like the, the dissatisfaction that we have with our own life, that's all that we're going to experience. But if we can consciously shift that focus to, okay, now I want to create new things. Now I want to choose new thoughts. Now I want abundance. I want wealth. I want adventure. I want exploration. I want connection. I want joy. I want all of it. I want magic and miracles and, and you know, just ease and, and leisure and relaxation. It's like, cool. Okay. So how do I do that? And that's where you are right now. How do I do that? And you are the only one who can figure that out, but it comes by calling in whatever you need to support that journey. And it might show up in the form of people, it might show up in the form of resources, it might show up in the form of knowledge, but it's not up to you to dictate what you need. You just need to trust that it will show up and that you can be available to receive it and believe that you deserve it. 
that's the difficult part you deserve it (laughs) yeah but we all deserve it i mean even the most heinous person that has done the most hideous things it deserves redemption that's what the messages all are there to say you know what is the motivation and inspiration to go on living if we're deciding that just because of the decisions you've made in the past when you were unconscious you don't deserve any sort of future of healing and you know that's really what's happening when you look at like the incarceration and especially in my country where uh it is kind of once you have been deemed this person that has done these bad things you're irredeemable your rights are literally stripped from you so where is the motivation to heal to become better to choose a new path and it's funny because one of the um the realizations i had uh i love adam sandler movies and a lot of people think that you know he's he's silly or or, you know stupid and my parents are like oh that's the dumbest humor ever but what i recognized is i think he's so well received and so popular because he plays such an amazing redeemable character in every single movie he starts out as this really selfish and self-involved person that's doing all this dumb stuff that's that's causing harm and by the end of the movie he has totally redeemed himself he's become the person that is taking care of other people that is not selfish is trying to right the wrongs that he's made in his life and people are accepting of that so allow yourself to be redeemable allow yourself to be that character that deserves a second chance that deserves a new path and that will be received by people and really appreciated for doing that hard work and recognizing that you could create something other than pain and destruction you know the time when i'm just speechless <laughs> and that's a really really beautiful place to be. I think that's a place that we should all try and kind of embody more is that those moments where we don't know what to say, that's the ticket because then we can listen. And that is when that voice speaks, that intuition that yeah. those questions that we have been asking with so much desperation and angst and grasping when we create a little bit of space and we realize we don't need to be the one that actually creates the answer it it bubbles up we can hear it it's been there the entire time we have just been creating that dialogue that narrative that story that's been looping that we haven't been able to hear it so those yeah. moments of being speechless oh just cherish them be grateful oh, yeah. for them and just sit in them and realize this is exactly where i'm supposed to be absolutely and conversing with you is always healing anna and <laughs> i agree because you you allow me to continue to do this work you know i recognize that my healing is done by sharing my story my words and if i don't have anybody to share them with it creates a block I can do all this work by myself. I can do as much yoga and meditate and journal, but if I'm not getting it out, then I feel this physical discomfort, this pain of not fulfilling my purpose. I recognize, you know, I something that changed my life I read a couple months ago was a, a quote by Oprah Winfrey in her biography and she said I realized from a very young age that I wanted to be paid to talk. And I shared that with you and and i at first it felt really conceited but then i recognized once again it's not me it's not anna it's not this identification with this person that i'm creating these thoughts i'm a genius and i need to share all this it's recognizing that this information this knowledge this intuition has been given to me for a reason and it's actually really really selfish to hold on to it it is my entire purpose to share it so i am so grateful to you for creating this container and this platform and this audience in which i can do that because it's allowing me to fulfill my purpose and it's giving me so much healing in return i feel exactly the same way mm. and So no matter what i say right now <laughs> because i have been telling you this for like ever you know since the time we met um but um thank you for for everything thank you for being a part of the happiness project journey and uh, 
I need you to know that you do hold a very very special place in my life and oh. Well, you're so welcome and I could not agree more. I know that we were drawn together and and meant to meet and to work together and we'll continue to create things that allow other people to heal and and I just want to thank the listeners as well and I know this is something I shared with you but when we start doing these gratitude practices we have to include ourselves we have to be grateful to ourselves for showing up for doing the work for taking in new ways of thinking and and envisioning new ways of being and recognizing that the reason that that most people don't do this is because it is so challenging it is so difficult to change who we believe we are but it's necessary to become who we actually were always meant to be so i just want to share that this work is not for me it's not for you it is for the world and it will only ever be able to create that ripple effect as long as people keep showing up and being willing to receive it so i'm so grateful to everyone listening and to you for creating such a safe and welcoming space for people to just be themselves well this is just the beginning of a beautiful mm-hmm. journey for the two of us and i can't wait to keep doing so many more episodes so guys if you are all listening right now i want you to know that this is just one of the episodes there more coming up and i am really really excited to keep showing up with her and together create a platform for all of you guys to to just be present where we are right now absolutely i am stoked for what is going to come and um another oprah quote that i read that <laughs> i loved was that she said god had a plan for me that was beyond anything i could have dreamed for myself and i realized that that is exactly what's happening as i keep doing this work and yeah. i keep not worrying about what comes next and just allowing myself to be in the, the moment that the most amazing opportunities and experiences keep falling into my lap I and know. I keep receiving them so thank you and I cannot wait for whatever comes next neither can I thank you so 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 much you're so welcome Thank you for joining the happiness project podcast stay tuned and make sure you never miss a single episode of the show by clicking the subscribe button now this podcast is made possible by listeners like you so thank you for all your support and if you like this episode please do share it with as many people as you can because Sometimes all it takes is one push for someone to transform their lives. Let this podcast be the push 